0: You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Katie's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Podcast Two Thirty Two. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Um, thank you all for tuning in. No guest this week. I will get to that momentarily as to uh, why there's no guest and what we're going to kind of discuss on this podcast. So, with Temptation Island ending this past Tuesday, um, we I had planned on having a guest this week. They are being um, held out until next week. And the plan is to address some of the people that were on the show and start bringing them on next week. I didn't find that out till today. So we are going to move forward and I'm just going to talk about a few things, uh, namely um, what I wrote about today on my website. For those that have been aware of everything that's been going on the last week, I had kind of stuff all over the place. I had an apology to Demi on Twitter. I had an IG live that I did with Ashley Spivey that is still on my IGTV on my Instagram. And then the first, what, 12 minutes of last week's podcast was me addressing the Demi situation. It was in three different places. It, It probably confused people of where did I respond to what thing. So what I did today was I released a, I guess, a statement, whatever you want to call it, where I went over everything. And I, I, I even put it in sections so you know what my response is to each thing. What I would ask of you is to please, please go to my site today to read everything I want to cover. I'm not going to do it in the podcast because then it's again, it's in two places. Well, where did you say it? It was a podcast. Is it written? It's now all written. It's not going anywhere. It is my response to what has happened the last week because it was all over the place last week. IG live, Twitter, Instagram. It's all in one place now, and I and I really trust me. I've thought about a lot of things in the last week, including the mistakes that I've made since the Demi tweet and the Demi story broke up, uh, broke out. So please take the time to read that, and just know it comes uh, from a good place. And you know the timing, and the reason I say that is because when, when it was. You know, this is something that I did write today that I, one thing that I wrote today that I will talk about in this podcast was everything happened rather quickly last week. You know, Ashley and I did our live from seven to eight central time, and then we started a new live and that's when people informed me, Hey, Steve, what is this that Demi's tweeting about? And those that watched the live saw me break away from Ashley, go to my computer, skim what Demi said, got the gist of it, came back. We stopped the live. And within 20 minutes, I had responded to Demi on Twitter with an apology, and it wasn't a good one. And I admit that you'll see me admit that today. It just wasn't good, and it's because I should have. I needed time to process that more. I should not have responded in 20 minutes. I shouldn't even have responded the next morning because that, you know, was around. I think 8:47 was when I sent that apology to Demi. Later on that night was when I even started recording last week's podcast. I didn't start recording with Casey Campbell until 1045 my time. I recorded that interview and then I recorded my open, which was the 12 minutes dedicated to the Demi stuff because it had just happened two hours earlier. I'm like, oh, great. I can attack this in, you know, tomorrow's podcast. I needed more time than two hours. I certainly needed more than 30 minutes before I sent out that tweet to Demi apologizing because it wasn't a good apology worded it wrong, it didn't have the effect that I thought it had. And I've made a lot of mistakes, absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm sorry for that. You'll see in my statement today, I, I go over everything. And I don't shy away from everything. And I and I, I want to explain to you people where I'm at with, with things that are going on. And the things that, uh, you know, Becca said, and the things that um Demi brought up there was something else brought up over the weekend i believe it was by Christina Schulman who went on her instagram story now granted it didn't have anything to do with my past writings and it didn't have anything to do with any sort of you know creepy sexual behavior that that, that Demi was talking about but i do address it briefly i do address it though so i so for those for those that don't even know what she said. Maybe you weren't following her. Um, I took the screenshots from her Instagram story so you can read what she said. And then I respond to it accordingly. Because I want to just get, I want to get it all out there. There's There's nothing to hide from here. All the daggers are coming at me right now. And I understand that. It has not been easy to say the least. But I can do two things. I can get mad and fight back. Or I can be honest about what happened and open myself up to this process that I'm going through right now and be vulnerable and apologize. And that's the route I'm going to take because I don't, there's, there's nothing for me to fight here. I just, I I want to be better and I'm going to be better going forward. So I don't know if there's really any sort of great segue I can do from that. Um, But like I said, there's way more, and I address every topic in today's column on my website, realitysteve.com. Please go read that. That's going to stay up, and it's not going anywhere. And I, I, I also understand that you guys don't come to my podcast to hear me go through the process that I'm going through. Like, you want the spoilers. You want all the other stuff. And... So this is really going to be one of the last times I speak on this. I'm sure it'll get brought up anytime I'm interviewed in the future or whatever, and I will handle it then. But just because I don't talk about it and just because I don't respond to every single email asking me about it doesn't mean that I am not working through this. This is an ongoing process that I am dealing with daily, but I have to get away from it to continue away from it on the site to continue my job which is to provide you with information on the upcoming season of the bachelorette. And that's what I'm going to do. So just know that um, I can't respond to everybody and you know, have I blocked people since last week? Absolutely. But I'm not blocking people. So because I'm trying to avoid it, trust me, go read what I wrote today. I'm not avoiding anything. I'm blocking the people that come to me and call me names because that's just not going anywhere, you know? Somebody that calls me, and I've been called every name in the book, trust me, this last week. Every dirty, every synonym for for pervert is out there for me. I get it. That's That's what a lot of people think. Those are the people that I'm blocking. I'm not blocking if you have constructive criticism. I might not respond because I just don't have the time to respond. I think my apology... And my letter and my statement today is is going to be what's there for me. And you have to, I hope you accept it. And if you don't, you can, you can email me. I can't guarantee I'm going to respond to everybody. But the ones that immediately just start calling me names and tell me what a horrible person I am, what's the point? What does that do for my mental health? I don't respond to any of those people, but I do block them because I don't need them reading my stuff. Because if I don't block them, they're going to probably... Send me more stuff along the same lines. I just, what's the point, you know? Um, so yeah, I have been blocking people on Instagram, but it's not because, oh, you're he, running scared. No, it's because you're calling me names. And <laughs> What's the point of letting you continue to do that? You know? So yes, I have been blocking people on on Instagram. Uh, I want to talk uh, next about... The Instagram lives. I know that um, you know we didn't do one this week with Ashley, and we are we are not going to do any going forward. And I know immediately that makes people think that Ashley has distanced herself from me, and Ashley hates me. And and all I can tell you is that's not the case. Ashley immediately started getting attacked again by internet people and the trolls once uh, the pregnancy announcement came last week. She was on the verge of not doing this. Then my stuff all came down during our last live. And as she put out on her Instagram story last week, that just made her realize she doesn't need this anymore. She's pregnant again. She's a woman who had a miscarriage, um, what, six months, five, six months ago. She's already worried enough as it is. She doesn't need this. And I, and I'm fine with it. Um, does it mean it's gone forever? I I don't know the answer to that. I hope someday we can do it again, but I know what Ashley, um, I, I know Ashley's a friend. I'll always have Ashley as a friend and I appreciate that. But for the time being, no, we're not, we're not doing the lives. And if people want to think it's because she's dissing herself from me, then, then by all means, you can think that, um, but we're just going to, you know, she needs, she doesn't need the harassment right now. And, um, And I agree. So the Instagram lives uh, will will not be happening. Next thing I wanted to talk about. um, You know, like I said, in the statement, I I go over uh, the Becca situation, what she brought up. I addressed the Demi apology. The first with the Demi story in general, and then my apology that came on Twitter 20 minutes after I found out about it. And, and kind of go from there. The Christina stuff, and then what I feel I need to do going forward. And that's you know what my is in my statement today. And I hope you guys all take the time to read it because I put a lot of thought into it because I've had a lot of thinking I had to do the last week, and I've done a lot of self reflection. I've spoken to people. Uh, I'm working on myself. I am a 100% a work in progress, and I by no means am I perfect. I certainly wasn't. Uh, And I'm probably going to screw up in the future. Hopefully not as big as I screwed up in the past. Hopefully they're like smaller mistakes and maybe a, you know, I say something, you know, look, I'm not, I hope I don't do any mistakes, but obviously we all make mistakes. I just, I hope they're not as big as the ones that I made in the past. Trust me. And I made some big ones with the, my past writings, uh, the things that I wrote about some of the women in this franchise, um, the Demi phone call, um, but again, I cover that all in um, today's statement. So I know this isn't something where I, there's no you know tea today. I know you're like, well, when are we getting the spoilers for Katie's season? Like, look, Katie's season wrapped this past weekend on uh, Saturday. And everyone's back. They're all online. Her season doesn't start for another six weeks. So we've got time. I will, when I find stuff out, I'll let you know. I've found stuff out here and there it's just so you know pieced from oh here's some something that happened in the beginning here's something that happened here here's who I think the final four are uh, the ending you know I'm just hearing things like I do every season I need more solid concrete information before I obviously post it and I will get that to you as soon as I can but for the time being today I just wanted to talk um, about a, a few things that happened to me this week if you don't want to listen, you don't have to, but I, I, I think it's, it's interesting. Some of them are funny stories, I think. Um, but, um, I want to tell you a a couple things that, uh, happened. I want to talk about, um, temptation Island in a moment, my finale thoughts, because I think we're going to have um, some of the contestants on next week. Um, but, (laughs) (sighs) um, here's something interesting that happened to me the other day. Obviously I had a rough week and, um, A friend, actually actually someone from Bachelor Nation, a female from Bachelor Nation, a friend of mine, that, um, you know, wanted to do something for me. And they bought me a float pod. I had never heard of a float pod before. Have you? I hadn't. But what a float pod is, is instead of going in for a massage, nice, relaxing massage, this is a pod that you get into, kind of looks like a little egg. And in that pod is one foot of water that's water that's doused with Epsom salt. And it's so dense and so thick, you just lay on your back and float. And it was, it was, a, it was a gesture to me to be like, Steve, I know you had a rough week. Here's a way to it's get your mind off things. Basically, it's a form of meditation. And, you know, kind of, I guess, yo, form of yoga, breathing, meditation. Because it's just me in a pod by myself, butt ass naked, and just floating. And I never, never heard of it. I had never seen it. I'm like, thanks. You know, I'll check it out. And, I, you know, made, she made the appointment for me it was paid for and i was like thanks i appreciate it so i went and did it and it's a 60 minute pod and um i did not last 60 minutes and it's not because i hated it cuz i didn't the the idea i here's something i realized about myself when i did this pod i've never floated in my life before not without like a, a life vest on I've never floated in a pool just on my back. I'm I'm saying without some sort of assistance, you know, ocean, whatever. I've never floated. So to be butt naked in a pod in a dark room with the, you pull the pod down. After you get in it, you pull it down. So you're, it's not, I didn't feel, um, what's uh, claustrophobic because there's a good, probably three, three and a half feet between your head being out of the water and the top of the pod. So I didn't feel claustrophobic. But I don't know what it was, but I just, my mind could not stop racing. It almost had the opposite effect because all I could do was think about what's been happening the past week. So I did this a couple, two days ago on Tuesday. And I, all I could think about was what's been going on the past week when it was, I guess the opposite supposed to, or at least that's the idea is to just let your mind go be free. And not and clear your mind. And I've just, I've never taken a yoga class, any sort of breathing class, any sort of meditation class. So I guess I realized that I don't have the brain for this because my brain is constantly running 100 miles an hour and constantly thinking about things. And, the, but the idea of floating in the water in one foot of water where you don't sink because you're, it's so dense in Epsom salt. I was like, that was really cool. It almost felt like, obviously, I've never been on a cloud before, but it, it almost felt like you were floating on a cloud. It's a really surreal experience. So I'm really glad I did it. But no, I did not last the 60 minutes. I only lasted about 35. And if you were to ask me, because obviously, I'm in a pod. I don't have my watch on. I don't have anything. I have no idea what the hell time it is. If you were to ask me when I got out of that pod, how long do you think you were in there, Steve? I would have said 15 minutes. The fact that I lasted 35 is a miracle because I felt myself after about five minutes going, Am I five minutes in? Am I 10 minutes in? How much long? I got to be in here 60 minutes. I just could not. I started, if anyone's ever been in the, done this before, float pods. I started like gently pushing myself from side to side. I put my hands behind my head to relax. I made snow angel, like the, the, the motion you make with your feet when you're making a snow angel. I did that in the water. I just was like c- trying to like keep myself busy, even though that's not what you're supposed to do. You're just supposed to lay there and relax. However, I couldn't. And I, I just was like, this is crazy. So I got out early and you know, you shower off cause you have a bunch of, epsom salt all over you and you shower off and then you know you leave um one oh one other thing i wanted to mention about 20 minutes in i had to go pee and obviously you can't do it in there and that started to be like i could hold this in for another 40 minutes but it's all i'm going to be thinking about the other thing is that i had my uh, i put the earplugs in and for those that are thinking of doing this i would i would highly suggest people that are into meditation and into some form of relaxation, I would absolutely um, request. You know, um, not request. What's the word I'm looking for? I would advise people to do this, um, if you're into that sort of thing. But it, it, I, you know, when I first thought about it and thought of going in, I'm like, is the water going to go over my head? Am I going to drown? Even though I knew, obviously I weren't going to drown in one foot of water, but um. I just thought is that how far up does the water come to your eye level or anything like that it's like no, it's not even close so once I got in I was like, okay but for me I realized something <laughs> every night when I go to bed here's something personal I can share with you guys every night when I go to bed I no matter what time it is and I and to be an open book here I'm usually I usually go to bed between midnight and 1 a.m Sometimes it's later if I'm on the phone or in a conversation with somebody, but it's between midnight and 1 a.m. I always go to sleep with the radio on. Either I'm listening to sports talk radio or I'm listening to a podcast or it's my music, whatever I feel like that night. And it's not like at a low level. It's not blaring, but if you look at your iPhone phone level, it's certainly at least halfway. However, I fall asleep pretty much every night, within five minutes of my head hitting the pillow, no matter what I'm listening to, and no matter what sound level it's on. When I was in that pod, all I could hear was my breath. All I could hear was myself breathing. And look, I tried to fall asleep. I wanted to fall asleep in that pod to get to the 60 minutes. And I just couldn't. And I was like, "This is so weird. Why can I not?" Now, granted, it was in the middle of the day, and but I've taken naps in the middle of the day. I've fallen asleep at home on my recliner when I get home after lunch. It happens. So how could I not fall asleep in the most relaxing position I've ever been in? I'm literally laying on a cloud, just and I, it wasn't wavy. It wasn't floating to where it was like, "Oh, I'm getting seasick." No, it's so calm. It's so peaceful. And yet I couldn't even, I wasn't even close to falling asleep. And I'm like, why is that? I can fall asleep with noise in the background and I'm asleep within five minutes of my head hitting the pillow, but I can't fall asleep in this and I can't stop thinking about things in this. And it brought me back to something this past summer um, when I was dating Kat. Um, And I, and I told, I shared this story with her today. When Kat and I spent the night, whether she stayed here or I stayed there, it always bothered me that when I went to bed, I could never fall asleep within five minutes like I usually do. And it's not like Kat was making noises. I mean, she was in bed trying to sleep herself. Sometimes she was on her phone looking at Twitter, Um, but uh, that, 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 that had nothing to do with me not falling asleep. And... What I realized, I guess, especially after this experience, was I realized that I need sound to go to sleep because when I was with Kat, I never did my routine. I never played music or listened to sports talk radio because I was like, you know, you start dating somebody that's, you don't just, you know, put that on them like, oh, sorry, this is my routine. This is how I go to bed. You are gonna have to deal with it. I just didn't. And yet I can tell you every single time I was with Kat and when we were dating, I told her this, I was like, it's taking me, it never, I I could never fall asleep within an hour of going to bed. I just couldn't. I was just sitting there and I realized all I'm hearing is myself breathe or, you know, whatever. I'm just so used to noise. And so this float pod made me realize, I think I need noise to, to calm myself down. And they and the float pod actually has different types of sounds that they can play, and I real and I and I I screwed up. I, I should have I should have had that going, but it made me realize that I I, I cannot fall asleep in silence. And some people are the complete opposite. And there is no right or wrong to this. It's just some people are the absolute complete opposite, including the person that bought this for me. You know, my friend, she said, "Oh my god, that's so weird!" Because I have to have complete silence to fall asleep. I am like, yeah. I, I'm the opposite now. I I just realized that because I could never fall asleep with Kat. Um, It took me at least an hour. Sometimes I was up two hours in bed just tossing and turning because I could not fall asleep. Yet when I'm by myself, I fall asleep within five minutes. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm glad I did the float pod. I'm also glad that... um, I'm glad that I realized now about my sleeping pattern and God forbid anybody in the future with me is going to have to realize that I need some sound to go to bed (laughs) because it just doesn't look like I can fall asleep any other way. Maybe if that doesn't work with somebody that I'm with in the future, I I, I might, maybe I have to start taking sleeping pills or something to make me a little more drowsy at night. I don't know. But it's a really weird, surreal experience to realize that this week. And I just spent 10 minutes talking about the float pod. But hey, if you're into meditation and you're into that kind of stuff, look it up. Maybe there's, I mean, this isn't something that strictly, I mean, the best part was this thing is less than 10 minutes from me. It just so happened to be one less than 10 minutes from where I live. Um, I'm sure they're all over the place. I had never even heard of it until she brought it up to me and told me she wanted to buy this for me. I'm like, sure, I'll check it out. Thanks. But I don't know if it's for me. Although they said they have a second floater deal where I can come back within 14 days. I think I'm going to try it again, and I'm going to try it with the sound on the whole time. Some sort of, like, beach crashing sound. You know, it's not something where you play music. It's, it's, you know, soothing sounds. And they have a list of about 15 different sounds that can play the whole time you're in there. And I think I want to do that. Even with the sound, I don't think I can last 60 minutes in there. But if I if I know going in I can do 30, I think I'd feel more comfortable. So that's what I'm going to do. The float pod. Check it out. Um, I, You know what? I'm going to pull it up right now. Hang on. Float pod. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep saying the float. It's called the float spot, but you're in a pod. The float spot. Uh, let me see if they have look. If they have um, float spot locations, I'm sure. I'm sure it's a national thing. This is no way. This is just for Texas isolation tank locations. Um, where to float in Texas? Um, yeah, there's plenty. It looks like there's uh, a lot uh, that have them. And he, he, uh, some of you listening right now are like Steve. I can't believe you never heard of this. No, I hadn't. I'm just, I've never been into that whole meditation, relaxation thing. Just never heard of it. But I would, I would absolutely uh, recommend it. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Recommend. I absolutely would recommend it to people who are into that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's totally trippy about how I realized that I cannot fall asleep unless they're sound. And uh, I told Cat the story and she was like, Wow. I thought that <laughs> I thought that it was me that was keeping you up. I'm like, no i I just never understood why I couldn't fall asleep either when she was here or I was there. I just never understood it. I'm like, I fall asleep every night in five minutes with sound on. Why can't I fall asleep here? And why can't I fall asleep with you here? And never got there. And now I know. So that's my float pod. I keep saying float pod. The, the float spot is the name of the place, but. That's my float spot story. I hope you enjoyed it. And finally, I want to talk about the, I want to talk about Temptation Island because we've obviously had guests on all season. Uh, Those that you, that um, watched it all season, you obviously, I'm sure watched the finale and the reunion show this past Tuesday night. And um, the reunion show, I'll, I'll be honest, the reunion show had more drama in it than the previous 11 episodes combined. Like it was that reunion show was like filled with stuff that also still had you almost scratching your head. Like, wait, what? So let's go. I, I want to go down the couples and I want to give you my thoughts. The first couple on the reunion show was Kendall and Erica. Erica said at the final bonfire. I'm leaving single and Kendall's like, OK, cool, cool. That's what you want. OK, I'm going to leave with Alexis he, I, or no, 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 no. Let me totally rephrase that. His exact quote was, I guess I'll leave with Alexis then. And then when they brought Alexis out, he said, Eric and I have decided to go our separate ways. Or we've decided to not date anymore. And I want to be with you. And clearly in that moment, Alexis had no idea what Kendall had actually said to Erica, which was, I guess I'll leave with Alexis then, which was an all timeline. I mean, good God, not great. So then we get to the, reunion show with them. And what happens? Alexis comes out and says, I saw him once after we left the island and I ghosted him because I felt I was lied to. Now, my question is, and I don't know if they addressed this because I know all of them were at a watch party for the finale on Tuesday night. And I know a lot of them went on Instagram live that night. I didn't listen to any of it. I didn't see any of it. So I have no idea what they said. But Alexis did not know after she got off the show, especially only after seeing him once and then ghosting him, she couldn't have known what he said to Eric at the finale, unless she asked around, like how did Alexis find out that part of the way he, because it sounded like on the reunion show, she was made aware. And that's why she ghosted him that like, no, 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 you and Erica didn't break up. You just said, you're going to leave with me after she dumped you. It seems like that's why, Alexis was so hard on Kendall the other night because she's like, you're a liar. You know, you heard what Alexis said. She had nothing good to say to Kendall the whole night. And, um, but I'm wondering, did she reach out to Erica and say like, hey, did you guys really break up or how did it happen? I don't know. But I didn't, I'd be interested in finding that out because uh, I, I just, that didn't, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people were, were, I mean. The way the reaction has been to Kendall all season, listening to Alexis, I'm sure a lot of people were standing up and cheering because she's been basically Alexis said what a lot of people who've been watching the show have been saying about Kendall and she called him out on the carpet for it. So the other thing is, so the next couple up was, um, who was it? Aaron and Corey? Yeah. God, that was confusing. (laughs) Like So... They left the island. They Their part of the finale, bonfire finale, was last week. But they left the island together as a couple. Mark had some questions, rightfully so. He asked them where they're at now and what's been going on now. And, Erica, and and Aaron said, you know, not great. Why? Well, just days before we got here on stage, ever since we got back from the island, the one thing I wanted to know was, did anything happen with Amanda? Did anything happen? Did you do anything? No, no, no was the answer I kept getting. And then she found out just days before they filmed that reunion show, which, by the way, the reunion show was filmed a month ago, wasn't filmed like last week, it was filmed a month ago. So that's why I think things may have changed since then. But regardless, she said, I asked him time and time again, did anything happen with Amanda? He kept telling me no. Well, come to find out that he has been in contact with Amanda and he lied about it, admitted that to her, said, yeah, I did. I lied. I have been in contact with her. Now, what happened between Corey and Amanda? Shaq seems to think that Corey and Amanda hooked up. Amanda absolutely denied it up and down. I guess we won't know why why they were so... Why why Shaq was so adamant that, yes, you guys did hook up, and Amanda was so adamant that they didn't hook up. Clearly, I mean, there's a black or white answer somewhere. I don't know if we're ever going to get it, but she says we hooked up, or he says they hooked up. She says, no, we didn't, so... I don't know what to tell you. And then when Mark said, so where do we go from here, guys? What do you want to do? Corey says, I want to make this work. And Aaron says, no, I can't. You lied to me. And then it's like, I want the best for you and I want the best for you. Yet last night, during their, while their finale was airing or the reunion show was airing, Corey posts an Instagram photo of him and Aaron from about, this wasn't recent because she had platinum blonde hair in this picture, but he wrote in the caption, the show might have ended but our journey continues. I know the person you are. You are kind, funny and can light up any room you are in. You are a great person inside and out and please never forget it. Tonight's actions whether it be understood or not were justified. You were right and I did hide and lie. But I'm sorry and here's to us continuing our growth and our love through thick and thin. I love you. And then he put her tagged her um in it. Or Instagram. ESmooth. So I don't know what they said post show and if they've done any interviews since Tuesday night. But that to me sounds like they got they've they're working on things and they're back together. Or at least trying to get back together. Cause why would you say here's to us continuing our growth and our love through thick and thin? So I guess they're back together? <laughs> I I don't know. But um, that's where we're at with Corey and Aaron. Tom and Chelsea interesting couple for sure left the Island together, even though Chelsea clearly, it seems like was going into that final bonfire thinking she was leaving single. And then I think when we watched the final bonfire with those two, we could clearly see what their deal was, which was the only, I I mean, look, they were getting crucified on social media, calling everyone saying, you know, using that Spider-Man meme with the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other and, and, they're both hypocrites. How can they not see this? How can you get wrong? How can you be mad at him when you're doing the same thing? And him and people saying, Tom, how can you be mad at her when you did the same thing? Like, it was clear by watching that, that the only reason the other one kissed someone else, which was Chelsea was the one to kiss Blake first, was because of what she saw on the clips, which was Tom, you know, rubbing the mud on Sophia's ass. And to her... That crossed the line, even though it didn't break their rules. And you heard Chelsea on this podcast, beginning of the season, say we did have rules. No kissing, no sex, no one in bed. But she saw Tom doing that. She felt that crossed the line. So she decided to, you know, move forward with Blake, because up to that point, she kept it was clear she liked Blake. She had an interest in Blake. Blake was showing her that he was interested in her, but she kept her distance in terms of anything physical happening. And then when she saw that Sophia clip that put her over the edge, the very next chance she had with Blake, you know, they made out. But they, um, And then when Tom saw that clip of her and Blake, then he decided to move forward with Sophia and kiss her. So it was clear the only reason either of them hooked up with Sophia and Blake was because of what the others saw in the clips. So I get, I I, kind of said to myself going in, like, the only way I can see Tom and Chelsea staying together is if they realize that they were only trying to make the other one upset and that's exactly what happened and then when we get to the reunion show seems like they're in the same place like they're together but relationships are hard we're working on each other it's not easy um but you know good for them I'm I want them to make. I like both of them. When I interviewed them at the beginning of the season, they were my favorite couple to talk to. Now, granted, I never spoken to Julian and Kristen, and um, I didn't, I never got to talk to Corey, but I talked to the other five in, that were involved in the couples, and they were by far my favorite. I'm, I'm rooting for them. I hope they make it. Uh, if they don't, they don't. But I, I, I even told Chelsea that. I said, I hope you guys. Make it it's really good to to see that this could have worked for you guys like you're working on things and, you know, hopefully uh, we can uh, we can get them on and and speak to them together, not separately, because now we can actually do that. The final couple, Julian and Kristen. I said this on my tweet, and I want to kind of expand on it more that it was the best Honestly, it was the best proposal I've ever seen on reality TV, and it's not even close. Like, not even remotely close. Everything that guy said to her at the final bonfire, and then when they walked over and he proposed to her, I don't care if he wrote it out and memorized a script, it was perfect. That guy killed it. Everything he said, and the, and here's the reason why I liked Julian's proposal so much. And I think this it may seem so simple and obvious, but maybe it isn't to people, especially those of you that are listening that are big fans of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette franchise. I'm not going to take away from anything that The Bachelor and Bachelorette has produced in terms of a finale and a proposal. There have been some really good ones. You know, there's been some ones that you're just like, wow, that was... That was romantic. I'm sure some of you have been brought to tears by some of the proposals on The Bachelor and Bachelorette. I'm not here to judge that. What I am here to say is this. No matter who on The Bachelorette had a proposal, you know, I, you can just go down the list. Whether it was Dez and Chris or Sean and Catherine or, 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 or Ben and Lauren or um, that, yeah, Andy and Josh, Caitlin and Sean, Jojo and Jordan, Nick and Vanessa. You just go down any, like, Rachel and Brian, uh, Claire and Dale, Taysha and Zach. I'm not saying anything about those proposals, saying, like, ah, they weren't romantic. What I am saying is this you have to take, you have to remember that no matter how romantic those were, you're also looking at two people who just met two months prior and have maybe spent three days total together. So that's why to me, I've always, I, you know me, I've always said the proposal on this show is absolutely ridiculous. These people do not know each other. All the proposal is, is something that the show wants them to do. It's just the relationship really truly doesn't start until once the camera stop rolling and that proposal is over. So, all those proposals that I just listed, whether or not you loved them or hated them or were indifferent towards them, the bottom line is it's still only one guy talking to one girl and telling her his feelings, even though he's literally spent out of two months, three days, maybe four days total if you add up all the hours. This is why Julian's proposal was the best thing I'd seen on reality TV. I believed every word he was saying because this is his girlfriend. This is a woman he has known for 11 years and has been through up and down with and cheated on her twice with or cheated on her twice, not with, but cheated on her twice. They've been through the ringer. They had just completed a month on this show. And that's why it was so real, because these people know each other. I know that seems so simple, but how many of you thought that when you were watching that, like. No wonder why this is having more of an effect on me, maybe than the Bachelor or the Bachelorette proposal. And look, if it didn't have the, if you still think a Bachelor or Bachelorette proposal was better than what Julian and Kristen did, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, and, and I will be completely honest, you know, having my emotions moved as many times as I have in the last week due to what I'm dealing with, maybe that, maybe that factored into it, but I absolutely, I had a lump in my throat watching Julian and Kristen. I'm not lying. I'm not gonna sit here and blow smoke up your ass. I absolutely when I saw obviously I saw it last Friday when the screener was sent to me. But I, when I watched it again Tuesday night, it, the same like emotions came up. I'm like, God, God, this is so good because and it's so good because I believe everything he says because these aren't a quote reality couple that just met two months ago on a show. They're a real couple in real life that came on the show to fix their relationship or work on it. So, yeah, that's why I tweeted out what I did. Like, he is the MVP of the season, and even though I haven't spoken to him yet, if I do get to speak to him, I will tell him to his face that there was absolutely no way in hell I thought that we were going to get that ending with him and Kristen. You know, I prejudged him just like I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I'm sure a lot of you prejudged him like I did. Football player, muscle guy has already cheated on her twice, is now going to be separated her from, from her for 30 days with 12 women on the island trying to make him cheat again. There's no way he's going to make it. I never thought Julian was going to make it, ever. And the fact that he did, good. I'm glad that I was wrong on that one because that was the best thing I'd seen on reality TV in a long, long time. What a great proposal. And I'm telling you, if you follow this whole season, I, I just... If you weren't brought to any sort of emotion when he at the proposal said, you don't know this, I'm paraphrasing here, but you don't know this, but the last time I spoke to your brother, you know, her brother that died of an overdose, last time I spoke to him, I held his hand and told him I was going to take care of his sister. Like, good God. That was just, he knocked it out of the park. Congratulations to Julian and Kristen. Julian's the MVP of the season. I thought it was great this show proves that you don't have to have a bunch of cheating and hooking up for it to be a good season. And you know, I, all the props in the world to him to her, their relationship. I'm, I'm happy for them and I don't even know them, but it's so much more easy to be invested in a couple that you know is, has known each other a lot longer than two months and just in, and spent way more time together, you know? And And look, I'm not shitting on any of these, Bachelorette and bachelor proposals, they're nice. They say a lot of nice things, but I always look at those proposals no matter who it is. Claire and Dale, Zach and Tasha, Ben and Lauren, Sean and Catherine. I'm still looking at it through this prism of really nice, great words that you said to her. You said all the right things at that proposal, but I still know you barely know this person. And you have to look at it that way. i thats I'm a realist because that's what it is. We're not looking at two people that have been dating for years and he finally proposed. Like, you're looking at two people who literally met two months earlier and have spent a few group date cocktail parties together, uh, have maybe a, you know, a one-on-one date, a hometown date, an overnight date. You ask anybody from the franchise, you ask them. At the end of the year, if you add up all the time you spent one-on-one with this person, how much was it? And they say about three or four days. So you, it's just not comparable to Julian and Kristen or any <laughs> – Proposal for that matter, from a regular couple not on TV that's been dating whatever it is one year, two years, three years, four years, five years. These two had eleven years built up. That just that was great. Good for them. I really enjoyed this season. I really did. So, um, yeah. So this is like I said. I didn't. I just wanted to talk. I've I've done a lot of talking in the last week, and I've and I've kind of enjoyed it. It's been cathartic for me a bit bit, to talk um, to people, to get some help. Um, So uh, I, I, I just wanted to do that on this podcast. And I'm, you know, if you were expecting tea or dirt or whatever, like, look, I, I I still have to navigate going forward, how I'm going to deal with contestant information. Now Um, in light of everything that's happened again, um, I, like I said, that's it's all part of, you know, my statement today, I'm, I'm going to be better moving forward. I have to be. Because what I did in the past is unacceptable. And it's I'm, nobody wants to hurt anybody. I don't revel in other people being hurt, as some of you seem to think I do. Absolutely do not. So I want to be better. Doesn't mean I'm not going to have snarky remarks about contestants here and there, but in terms of the coverage and what I choose to reveal, which again, over the years I've hid and not reported way more stories than I have, but the ones that I do certainly draw the ire of people. And I get that. So I'm going to reevaluate what I do going forward and how I present stories because that's the only way I can be better. And I hope you stick along for that journey with me. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, Hopefully be back next week with some Temptation Island guests. But um, again, I can't emphasize enough, please go read my website today, realitysteve.com for my statement on uh, covering my past writings, my uh, interaction with Demi the Christina Schulman thing that came up this past weekend and then my, what I plan to do moving forward. So thank you. It's been one hell of a week and I just thank you for listening to me. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. See you.